A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we talked uh, to the author of a new book about cricket tours through the ages, and you think that sounds a bit sedate, but not a bit of it. Some of the stories were great, weren't they, Andy? Very good stories, yeah, absolutely. You'll hear that. Danny Kelly joined us to react to more ridiculous mayhem at Tottenham Hotspur and Paratici, etc. And we had a chat. We, we had a couple of chats, I think you'll find. Yeah, we did, and we did a bit of um, Mastermind again, Andy, getting obsessed about Mastermind. So here it all is. I don't know what uh, Rodri's going on about. I thought Scotland were brilliant. They were miles better than Spain. Yeah. Spain were so know what Spanish is for sour grapes. We'll ask Alvaro oh, yeah. a little bit later on. Aspas came on for Spain, I've written here. But the way they played loose pass would have been more appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> He's kicking it out. It's rubbish. And uh, referee Sandro Shearer got injured and had to be replaced at half-time. He said, it's not me, it's the other refs. Oh, of course he did. That's yes. right. I didn't yeah. see the game, Andy. I um, I watched the highlights. Night. I went along to, uh, as you were listening yesterday, I was off to, I was, I was going to be Van Aramid. Uh, I was off to see um, <laughs> Torquay play at Boreham Wood in a game that the feeling was that they, they were going to get beaten mm. by most of the Torquay fans I was speaking to. And that, I, I did love the gallows humour. There was 111... Talkie fans with a pretty decent turnout. No, <laughs> the club recorded it, so yeah, they really? thank the 111 fans <laughs> who went uh, to Boreham Wood. Amazing. And they pulled off a win, uh, a know. dogged 1 0 victory. It was like a TalkSport benefit evening. You were all there, weren't you? Yeah. It? Well, Adrian Durham lives quite close by. Jim Proudfoot, one of our fine commentators, of course, is a is a Torquay United fan, so mm. he was there. Nigel Adley came along with his son because he wasn't a million miles away and he wanted to take in a game. So it, it was a bit of a, a TalkSport night. Fun. Charlie, of course, was there. Yeah. And there was, there was, I don't know, a bit of a purity. It was, I say, a lot of gallows humour. You know, even though they won one nil, the kind of attitude of the fans, of the little group of fans, that st- it was mm. lovely to stand on a terrace behind a goal as well. That was, uh, that was a joy. And it kind of takes you back to the purity of football at that level, of course, before my club became the works team of a real estate company. And you, do, <laughs> you do really feel that disconnect, sadly, as much as I love the club. Oh, I don't uh, a little <laughs> events like today makes it all the more difficult for you to love them. Um, certainly from the boardroom, anyway. Um, so, yeah, it was brilliant. A couple of things that happened. Um, at one point, there was an injury at one of the players, and they were wondering who was going to come on. Hmm. So, it, so Charlie said, I don't know who they're going to bring on. They, you know, I think, he said, if it was me, I'd, I'd bring on Wyatt, you know. So I'm saying, so you're predicting a wire. <laughs> Very good. And uh, he said, yeah, I predict a wire. Well, so course. then 
he started singing it and they all joined in <laughs> as he came on. Fantastic. Yeah, you don't often get that at a big game, do you? you? Don't Just do you? when you've got 110 <laughs> of you, you can probably get everybody going on it. But That's they were good. they were a lovely bunch and it was a very enjoyable experience. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've got a bit of a neck ache today. I must say the ball the ball's oh, yeah. in the air quite a lot. <laughs> Boreham Wood especially play a very agricultural style. Um, yeah. And it was, yeah, it was. Um, it's at football that level, though, isn't it? So, um, yeah, yeah. yeah but I mean, I wonder if that was slightly turned mm. up to eleven. I think, I think Boreham Wood, God bless them, have got a bit of a reputation for that. It was, it was very direct. But look, it's worked for them. They're on the cusp of the playoffs. But mm. uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was like a little victory as well because uh, Arsenal women play their games there, and I think Arsenal have got a connection with Boreham Wood, and there was quite a lot of Arsenal. Signs around the pitch. Oh, yeah, they always play Borenwood. Visit Rwanda and stuff and, like oh, yeah. that. I don't know how many Borenwood fans have visited Rwanda. <laughs> Not a lot. But um, <laughs> all the signage was around, so it was a bit like beating Arsenal, which we rarely do at the moment. So <laughs> they uh, probably we didn't want to go there. Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, Son Hyung Min. I was going to ask the listeners, yeah. by the way, have you ever got one away? I mean, maybe it can be a bit more organic at a smaller club where there's fewer fans. Yeah. But if you've got a chant away, we'd love to know. In the I predict a Wyatt. Uh, He's probably ten feet tall, old White coming. He's got his own song now. He probably didn't have his own song till last night. Only really works if he's on the bench yeah. and about to come on. <laughs> exactly, really. Yeah. Talk sport, I think that happens quite a lot. Talksport.com forward slash H and J, text to eight ten eighty nine, tweet to T S H and J. Something else I'd like to see if whoever the new manager is is listening. Um that before the game um, the manager and the assistant manager came over and uh, saw us. Oh, uh, really? Aaron and Downs and, uh, and Gary Johnson, <laughs> Johnson came over for saying hello to everybody. That's so not gonna that would be nice when Julian <laughs> Nagelsmann pops up to the seat where I go, hello boys, lovely to see you. Yeah, give, you know, give Adrian a big hug, Gary. So, uh, yeah, that's a nice touch. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah. That's the, it's one of the joys, the Andy. Thing, one of the joys it? of being, yeah. yeah. You probably see a difference, and I'm not being patronising to Brentford because they're a Premier League club, but you probably do see a difference in in the feeling of watching Brentford and Chelsea, don't you? Yeah, there was, there's less, <clears throat> the expectation is less. But also I have to stand at Brentford because uh, I sit in the back row of the dugout section. Yeah. And the guy I sit next to, Mark, who I like, if I want to speak to him, he stands the whole game. So Does that mean everybody behind you has to stand up? No, or? there's nobody behind Oh, there's nobody behind Oh, okay. Point, yeah. Right, so we can that's stand, all right. You but, can do that. But um, blimey, I know. It's quite, a, it's quite an effort. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he goes off for a drink at half-time, I sit down straight away. Oh, I've got to take the weight off. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry, what else did you want to say, Andy? Just Son Heung-min has done that thing <clears> players <throat> always do when the manager gets sacked. Yeah. Uh, Son Heung-min has apologised to Antonio Conte for not doing enough to save him from the axe. Why didn't you when he was there? You were the one that kept missing all those chances. To be fair, what's Sonny, the point of apologising now? He did say I feel responsible because I haven't really done it this no, season. Well, he, you, you know, he hasn't scored the goals, so I think he did take some responsibility. Um, the but manager I, kept picking him though, didn't he? So, you know, yeah, it yeah, that help. that was one of the other frustrations. So um, yes. Did you see this thing about Challenge Annika, the um, mm. makeover show, of course, presented by Annika Rice? Yeah. It's been pulled from the Saturday night schedule by Channel 5 after ratings plunged from 1.25 million for the first show to under 500,000 for the second. I was thinking, was that the challenge? Can you lose 725,000 views in a week? <laughs> do you need to do that? Oh, I think I can. Do you need to do that in a jump shot? A ju sorry, a jump jumpsuit suit. from a helicopter. <laughs> Probably, oh, I, yeah. I, not a jump shot. She doesn't play any basketball. <laughs> uh, other thing to get the listeners on, there was a very funny caption uh, yesterday from Rob McElhenney, the co-owner of... Um, Wrexham. Wrexham, yeah. There was a picture of... Uh, it's, uh, BBC News had a picture of him, Ryan Reynolds and Blake 
lively at a, a women, uh, Wrexham women's game. Mm. And uh, the BBC News have uh, captioned it, Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively attend Wrexham women's game. Rob's right in the picture. He's very much the third wheel. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> it's like he doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, I know he slightly plays that up, and, and, and but, it's, you know, come on. It's I mean, unfair, really. I mean, as he's the co-owner, you might have put him ahead of, uh, of Ryan Reynolds' uh, actress wife. But I just think sometimes you are the civilian in the picture. You know, I just wonder if you've ever been, if you've ever mm. been in a kind of showbiz or a caption picture uh, and you don't quite make the caption or you are the civilian in the picture. If you want to share those with us today, you can. Talksport.com forward slash Asian J. I'm not mentioning that photo with David Frost. <laughs> Text to 81089, tweet to TS and his infamous David Frost picture when he was, he looked like a 13 year old mod. <laughs> Very strange picture there. Very Maybe strange we'll, picture. we'll dig it out. Anyway, coming up today we're going to kick off uh talking a bit of tottenham um what a shambles uh as you've been hearing from tom in the, bo- uh, the bullet in there uh, fabio paratici looks like we'll have to step away from his role this is less than 24 hours after an official video he recorded that was put on the club website very strange charting the way forward uh, simon jordan said yes look they could have been blindsided but an organization like that oh they not... must have no you knew you thought he might get well i thought there was i thought there was every chance, chance. Yeah. i mean to be maybe in fairness it looks like it was the guardian that had to eke it out of fifa like it wasn't an official announcement which is quite staggering so you know they're partly culpable but honestly i mean the optics of this with everything that's going on is just an utter shambles the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast as you've been hearing uh tottenham's uh, managing director of football fabio paratici probably have to step away from his job fifa have confirmed to the guardian that a request by the italian fa uh, uh, they have decided they, they will extend that ban worldwide, which they'd already put in place. So all Juve and Paratici are appealing, but um, it, it looks like he can't be involved in any transfer dealings uh, until that is sorted out. Uh, what a shambles. Uh, less than 24 hours ago, he re-emerged. He'd, he'd been slightly sort of uh, out of the picture in the stands rather than next to the dugout in recent weeks because of all this going on. But yesterday, they thought it would be a good idea to um, have him for five minutes on the official club website saying, you know, Clive Dunstall, don't panic, don't panic. Everything's fine. We've got ideas. Everything's going to be fine with Christian and Ryan. And, and now he can't be anything to do with the club. I think quite indicative of what is going on uh, at uh, Tottenham at the moment. Danny Kelly, of course, your very own and uh, the host of the View from the Lane podcast with the Athletic. Hi, Danny. Hey, Paul. How you doing? Good. This is really a, tell- this has really annoyed me. I just, I just, I'm, I'm well, kind of. Well, you, I mean, they are trying our patience. I mean, look, this doesn't have a material Paul, effect on me, but I just wound me well, up. Paul, apart from the fact that we, we almost, you know, I have my Monday slot. We need to do a Spurs slot every day currently. <laughs> um, the tri- Paul, you're one of the most even-tempered men I know. And, uh, you know, not, not like me and Andy, it's fair to say. Um, and even I could hear the enormous frustration um, in, in your voice because, yeah, they're testing our patience, that, that, that the club at Tottenham, because um, everything they do at the moment appears to... They're like one, they're one of those... Um, bits of film where a man keeps walking on a rake over and over again and it bounces up and hits him in the face. Yes. Um, there's that great piece in the remake of The Hitchhiker's Guide when Martin Freeman is walking around and the rakes are just hundreds of them <laughs> laid out there and he keeps smashing himself in the face with it. I mean, look, let me just say these things. Anyone who listens to Trans Europe Express here on the Mighty Talk Sport will know that for the last four weeks we have referred to 
Fabio Paracci's ban coming up, um, a worldwide ban, not as when, if but when. Mm-hmm. Um, it was obvious it was going to be extended. And I'll yeah. tell you for why. Because if it was just the football authorities, that's one thing. But as we've seen with the recently postponed court case, the Italian state are involved. And once the state are involved, the football authorities are always emboldened, as we've seen in Spain as well, because they the, 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 the bar for proof in the state is so much higher than it would be from uh, for ordinary just a football inquiry. Now, they as they are going to appeal. They say they're innocent, and we have to accept that that is their position and all the rest of it. But the, the, the football ban was always going to get extended, which takes us to yesterday. Why on earth, as you say, was he wheeled out um, and and to, to, to mouth a load of platitudes? Mm. Platitudes, by the way, <clears throat> that are still on the front cover, still on the front page of the Spurs website. And not just that. I know everyone's gone about being like a hostage video, but there's actually a serious point to that. When you are the public-facing person of a giant, let's call it multi-billion-pound industry um, or organisation like Spurs are, you cannot be doing it on a two-bob webcam like we use, you know, for, for our Zoom meetings. Mm. Um, it just, it just looked. It was a dreadful look. Um, <clears throat> and I tell you what, it does mm. now with Conte gone, with Paratici paralysed. If I'm allowed to use that kind of uh, alliteration um it leaves daniel levy to who else can he put out in front of the cameras <laughs> to, to, to to try and explain he's totally exposed very good piece yesterday by right. henry winter talking about daniel levy's relationship with the fan base and you know we sort of get more platitudes out you know our amazing loyal fans who you are oh, rapidly testing that's the patience you paul of. that's well, you exactly <laughs> so uh, but i mean we, you know for years the arsenal fans railed against silent stan <laughs> we've got silent dan haven't we we always have you know, as you said, who is going to be the person that... It's not going to be Joe Lewis, who's out on his yacht somewhere else. No. Who, who is going to front up and, and have these conversations? Never public. We get, you know, we get once every two years, he'll do a video after he sacked another manager, another sort of don't panic, everything's going well, all the money DNA. we make will be going into uh, the football club. Yeah, right. Um, so I just think it's... Things like this, they just chip away at an already strained relationship. Um... Look, I have tried my best to be even-handed about Spurs over the years because of what I do for a living. When they're really good, I praise them to the hill, like I'm a Spurs fan. And when they're doing something wrong, I'm the first to get out in, out in front of it and say, this is nonsense. Um, I have tried to be very fair with Enoch and Daniel leaving. I'm by no means hashtag Enoch out and all the rest of it because I don't know how you even go about achieving that. And you have to pick your battles. Um, but in, since the, the sacking of... Uh, of Maurizio Pochettino, which, you know, uh, probably at the time was, uh, was inevitable. Their waveform had collapsed over a year and they weren't doing well and all the rest of it. Nearly every decision they seem to have made has been, not only has it been wrong, Paul, which is, you know, these things can happen. You mm. can keep stepping on the rake, although you should try and learn from it. But they've also been contrary to Daniel Levy's public statements. And this is where the tension is coming with the fan base, apart from not winning anything. Um, he comes out and in the last time he did one of these speeches, he did about Spurs DNA, attacking front foot football, uh, glory days and all the rest of it. And then he's appointed three defensive and in two cases, utterly narcissistic managers. Mm. Um, and, and, and the gap between what he says and the reality of what he's doing is now so wide that even people as, as patient as you, and I can hear it in your voice, are falling into that crack. And he's going to have to he's going to have to find a way of, of fixing this very very soon. Now the plaster would be to appoint Mauricio Pochettino. That would put a plaster over the wound. Mm. But I, don't, I mean clearly, 
clear that hasn't happened, so it's unlikely to happen. And he's got to get this next. I feel like I'm. I'm it's like Groundhog Day. He's got to get this next decision completely <laughs> right. And yeah, I was saying this uh, eight, 14 months ago, 17 months ago, and three years ago. Yeah. And if he was employing the person who was making these decisions, he would have sacked him long ago. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, uh, uh, oh, uh, qu- quite. Um, and. He, Getting Paratici, which I think he um, he thinks was a great idea, and you know he has a very high reputation. Um, I don't know whether Spurs knew that uh, this thing was coming down the pipe for Juventus. Um, and let's be honest, there's often things coming down the pipe for Juventus. <laughs> um, uh, there is. Uh, there, 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 there's no point in, in messing around with it. There is. Um, if they did, then that's that, that that's a lack of due diligence as well. But to not have the situation front and centre in their minds over the last few weeks when everybody knew that the, not the, the court case in Italy, but that the football authorities' decision would be, quote, and a, they were firm about this um, six weeks ago, quote, by the end of, of March, mm. this day was coming and was known to be coming. And to clearly by putting him out in front of the cameras yesterday or the webcam yesterday, um, they they had lost sight of the fact that this was a real possibility. Yeah. And it, 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 I mean, and let me ask you another question, Paul, in, and I, I don't expect you to know the answer, but I certainly don't. Andy might. Um, Andy, Andy has more experience of, of, of appointing multiple managers. Um, it, per, per, remember the transfers, you know, that's, that, that can be... He's also in charge, sort of the, the, the head of the committee that's picking the next manager. Yeah. How does that work? Exactly. I just, I mean, you know, knowing you say knowing this was coming down the road, it is quite incredible that he is he's been the face of of the new manager search. Sorry, Andy. Finally, in the short yeah. term, it shouldn't make too much difference. He would have identified the players, and I wonder what his role was. I presume Daniel Levy well, was always the one that negotiated. I think he was even fees. compromised in that. Was he buying players for the club? Was he buying players for the manager? Clearly, the manager didn't want Spence. Or Dan Juma, um, more or less said it. Uh, they were Basuma, club purchases. Yeah. yeah, maybe Basuma, which is a great shame because he's a great player. Yeah, um, lovely player, yeah. And mm. so who was he buying for? What What was the job? Was he buying those young players you can sell on or was he buying the kind of instant hit players? I, I, you know, the, his, his finest hour was Kulisevsky and Bentancourt, but he basically went back to yeah. his mates at his old club at the 11th hour said, got any players you don't want? And they happen to be very good ones, thankfully. <laughs> but that, you know, we look back on the Paratici years. Even, but even those, even those two transfers will now be being investigated. Mm. Which, yeah, which yeah. is because a Because of where we are with Juventus. What a but mess. They are still fourth. They've got a good chance of finishing top four. And they're not tenth like some clubs <laughs> with a manager that He's isn't particularly that, great. That, that is your, your defence, my lad, to every charge, yeah. isn't it? Well, at, at, least least not, at least you're not tenth. Well, look, Danny, uh, I'm sure you'll be you'll be pouring all over this with the, the boys on the View from the Lane podcast. You haven't got an tomorrow emergency morning, one tomorrow, tomorrow morning. morning. Okay, right. Time to, yeah, time course, to get yeah. even more wound up. And, of course, we'll catch up with you next Monday. <laughs> Thanks very much. Listen, put... Paul, try and get through the next couple of hours without exploding, all right? I'll do, I'll do my best. Yeah, I'm just wondering whether my season ticket will work next time I go there. I often think that, you know. Oh, the swipe card doesn't seem to yeah, yeah, work. Anyway, day. thank you, Danny. Um, there's Danny Kelly there with his thoughts on uh, all the mayhem at Tottenham. And uh, the full expectation is, it seems to be leaking, that we'll have a, a season ticket increase. I wonder if they oh, is considering the, the PR value. Oh, I don't think they went no. up last year, and so we would be due one. 
But in the car crash of the, this final part of this season... Surely they're going to wait until they've Would he have some... the goal? No, you can to... just see it. Operational costs, is... very difficult times in the... He'll probably, you know, chuck in all sorts of mitigating if it, circumstances. If it was a case with season tickets that you could have a year off and then easily get your ticket back, when yeah. things, that's fine. But that's not the situation, is it, in any club in the Premier League? Basically, you let your season ticket go. That's it. Yeah. You're done. You're well, never going to get it this back. This is the thing. I mean, so you can't really protest like that. You 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 have to buy it, don't you? Yeah. Unless, unless, you, unless you, you give up forever. But, you know, there does come a point where you feel like, you know, you can only have mug tattoos on your forehead for so long. <laughs> as a football fan, and that's at any level. I'm not yeah, just talking yeah. about my club. I'm talking about any club. I'm sure yeah, they, all of us feel always, at times. That's how they get away with it. As rightly would say, we're being mugged off by mm. our clubs. And there must there comes a point where you think, that's it, I've had... I've, I've had enough, but it's so much. It's part of your life, mm, you know. It you is. make. You're not making a commercial decision. You're not making a rational decision. It's an emotional decision. It that, is, and that's probably one of the great joys of owning a football club. Although, when I said that to Simon Jordan, he didn't agree. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Have you been Clive Myrie? We I have, you're obsessed yes. with Mastermind. Uh, <laughs> it's probably worth reiterating to the listeners what your obsession is. My obsession is that Clive basically explains everything to you when you don't need the explanation. Well, yeah, OK. Um, it's the specialist subjects round where mm. um, somebody will say, specialist subjects, uh, the life and times of John Lennon. John mm. Lennon, a member of popular beat combo, the, the <laughs> yeah, Beatles. The writer, the artist. The yeah, 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 yeah. So the then, so he's, he's basically saying... And not, I say, not, not the plumber. Say, not the plumber then, John Lennon, <laughs> I'll go and get me rods, not yeah, that one. That one, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> this week's uh, this week's special subject. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, James Bond themes, the uh, signature songs written and performed for the James Bond franchise of spy films, and not for the plumbers Bond and Company. <laughs> <laughs> They're a great company. <laughs> they are. Yeah. Um, Sometimes shaken, never stirred. It says on the side of their van. <laughs> Imagine that, the James, the James yeah, Bond. Something like that. Whereas it, like, it'd be a drain, wouldn't it? That bit when they sort of turn. Although it wouldn't turn red, would it? I take it as they fired into the drain, it got a different colour. No, it wouldn't. No, that's true. Sloths. Pardon? Sloths. Sloths. Especially the subject. Sloths. Or sloths. I think I saw them. They were on the John Peel stage, weren't they? Yeah, they were. The slow-moving mammals native to Central and South America, that spend most of their lives in trees and have either two or three toes on their forefoot. Is that what he said? Yeah. Really? Not the that, plumbers there. That, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's far too much. Just saying the animals, slow-moving mammals. Didn't he say? This is the worst one from this week. Hang on, I'm, gonna get, I'm just going to get on to sloths, the plumbers. It'd be fantastic. <laughs> it takes ages to come Hello. around. It takes an hour to get through. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> sloths. <laughs> Fantastic. Can you come round next Wednesday? Not next Wednesday, no. It'd be great, wouldn't it? It'd be marvellous. Two years. What a great plumbers they'd be. Yeah, they'd be great. Uh, Sir David Attenborough. Oh, yeah. Really? The preeminent broadcaster and conservationist. So not David Attenborough, the plumber, then. It's ridiculous. (laughs) We know who David Attenborough is. Everybody knows who David Attenborough is. You don't need to explain it. Yeah. And this one... This is, I've well, noticed this week, this is a new thing. It would Clive's be good, got. wouldn't it? I mean, I don't do a David Attenborough particularly, but maybe we need a Luke Kempner or someone like that. But it would, if he was a plumber, it would be great, wouldn't it? Just, to, I mean, would you say, it's backed up completely at the main drain. It would be, and if it was explained to you in that style, you think, oh, yeah, well, yeah. I'll, I'll buy that. I will. Lord David yeah. Attenborough's series on plumbing. I'm sorry, mate, but it's about 500 quid. That's the best. I, it'd be good, wouldn't it? As I said, I don't do David Attenborough. But he's also taken to overwriting the questions. So, oh, yeah. for example, he this one. He doesn't write the questions. Well, I think he does. Of course he does. Not a one-man, not a cottage industry. No, he does not it like all. The Show. He didn't buy the old well, franchise. Well, he hasn't had a word with the writers to say, can you make this shorter? Well, it's not. He, look, he rocks up. He's a hired gun, Clive right. Meyer. He rocks up. I'll ask you, the, I'll ask you a question how I think it should have gone out, and oh, then I'll read blimey. how you, it went out. You, okay. Issuing a come and get me plea. Okay. Shortbread, ginger nut, and niece are varieties of what? Biscuit. Right. Mm. Perfectly adequate. This was Clive's question. Shortbread, ginger nut and niece are varieties of what small baked snack item? Typically flat, crisp and sweet. Yes, biscuits! <laughs> For goodness sake, mate. Andy, you're taking far... I know it's not going well at Chelsea at the moment and Potter's driving you mad, but... It's all down to Potter. I've just looked at the producer, like Gary Lineker in Italian Nightly, and said, have a, have a word with him. I think he's finally... I think he's finally flipped. Is it nice or is it niece? I've never quite I always known. thought it was nice, but Clive said niece. Oh, did he? Really? So I'm going with him. Okay, well, you know, Why not? suddenly you're all on his side. I am. Yeah. I'm a big fan, don't get me wrong. Yeah, no, I, he's brilliant. I yeah. rate Clive quite highly. He's a football fan, isn't he? City fan. City fan, yeah, we just discovered this last week. The well-known uh, team from... <laughs> from <laughs> Manchester, yeah, managed right. by Pep Guardia. Yeah, yes! Man- yes, Manchester City, not the plumbers then. <laughs> brilliant, yeah. isn't it? Mm. Um, Radio 2 have banned their DJs from bringing in dogs. Have you seen oh, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Sarah Cox's dog, I don't know why they allowed it in the first place, to be really honest. I can't see you bring in Molly in here. Oh, she'd be a nightmare. <laughs> well, she'd be probably eating would. everybody's sandwiches, jumping up, <laughs> barking. I mean, we used to have uh, Sean Dilly, of course, who was well, had a guide dog. Yeah, a guide dog, that's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Anyway, they did allow them until uh, her dog 
basically... Uh, what did it do? It chewed through a wire. Oh, no. Basically, I, that's why I thought you should bring your dog in, because if she chews through the wires here, it might improve our phone lines. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know, she could end up being the engineer we've been looking for. Yeah, yeah that's very true. And... Uh, Honestly, it is odd when the papers sort of take what is clearly a joke and then sort of react to it in a sort of angry way. And this is the fact that um, Mike Hussey, the former Australian test player, brilliant player, who coaches the Chennai team that Ben Stokes is playing with, and Mm. he was obviously joking about Ben Stokes. I know what you're going to say, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ben Stokes will get flogged so hard in the Premier League, he'll be knackered and unable to bowl in the ashes. That's the latest slice of Aussie humour. You know, as if he meant it. He didn't mean it. No. Although I am hoping all the county coaches are going to do that, the same to Steve Smith well, and everybody else that. who's it's coming over It's and mad a game. to allow them to do that. When yeah. you see, well, we'll talk about this with Simon Wilde because one, I think the great Herbert Sutcliffe said it took six weeks to get used to the light in Australia. Yeah. And so, you know, and the pitches and the conditions, which is the advantage of the home team, but not if you take their best batsman and let them play county cricket for six weeks. Yeah. Now, that's a very good point. I mean, yeah. you know, now the tours, they're just shoehorned in around yeah. franchise. Uh, so they don't get a chance. To get used to it. Uh, the star have mocked up Harry Kane in a Manchester United shirt because they feel that he, he'll be on his way there. No need for that. But it says, in the red, what Harry Kane would look like in Manchester United. I think, I think I we can, can work it out. Do you know what I mean? So you've got basically, what I'm, what I'm picturing now is Harry Kane's head <laughs> photoshopped onto a Manchester United. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, it's really good, isn't it? Is it, is, did, it, did, it, was it did it drive you wild? Oh, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And then uh, the Sun had a story about Harry Kane Burger. The, the, somebody decided to do a sort of publicity thing, yeah. uh, which he designed. It. I don't see how a chicken thing could be a burger, really. But anyway, that's you never heard of a chicken burger, Andy? Well, sort of. You the know, popular but, burger made out of chicken. <laughs> I wouldn't have said so. As opposed to minced beef. Yeah. <laughs> The popular chicken burger. <laughs> First popularised by Colonel Sanders. Yeah. I mean, if he goes into his news agents and says, can I have a copy of the Times, please? The popular, and also known as the Thunder of the newspaper. <laughs> does he do a bit of that? I bet he does that all the time. He must drive people mad. Anyway, they had sort of little bubble, speech bubble coming out of uh, Harry Kane's mouth. Yeah. And it obviously was a reference to relish, so it meant to say, do you want grelish on that? But it isn't. It says, you want grelish on that? It doesn't make any sense at all. It does not work. <laughs> hasn't, quite, hasn't quite worked, has it, really? Not really, I'm not. afraid not. So. But what, what can you do? Uh, we did ask you, have you ever got a chant away? Um, mm. 1998, uh, in the World Cup qualifiers, a group of us had been in a pub from lunchtime. Paul Ince came on uh, as sub. We started the Incy Wincy Spider song. Got a couple oh, of thousand good. singing it. That was oh, good. Yeah. A lovely children's nursery rhyme. When Stanislav Varga came to Celtic, it was us, he says, in our section that got them going to the Radio Gaga. Oh, that's All good. we need is Stanislav Varga. That's so he's, very good. He's claiming that one. I can see <laughs> that with the... <clears throat> the football clapping as well. Hmm. Um, so you can keep some of those coming. I, I got a new chant for the Torquay fans last night with uh, with uh, one of their players, Wyatt. I suggested I predict a Wyatt, and off they went, very, which you can do with 110 people. But it was very good. Yeah, marvellous. So they uh, they adopted it rather quickly. Yeah, Talk, fine, yeah, sorry, Andy. No, just finally, this little one. I'm always fascinated when the story like this gets in a national paper. I'll read you. A vast and furious. Porsche owner Rachel Coulson's jacket with her car keys was blown off a boat in Pembrokeshire. <laughs> so woman loses car keys. It's not only... That car woman loses a... coat with car keys in it. <laughs> Even so. Yeah. I would have said that was worthy of a national newspaper myself. Okay. There we go. Fair enough, Andy. You've, you've, you've schooled them all today in that little <laughs> section. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
Now, you would expect, uh, you know, if you, if you have a, a cursory glance at the world mm. of cricket, you'd think it'd be a fairly sedate affair going on uh, tour with uh, England around the world and uh, Australia, India, etc., and, um, and playing in tours. But not a bit of it. Um, Simon Wilde has uh, written um, the tour, the story of the England cricket team overseas, 1877-2023, and there's a fair bit of bad behaviour in there. Good afternoon, Simon. Afternoon. It's not all tales. It's not all kind of rock and roll excess, is it? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a look at it, uh, a, a lot of different angles. But there are some. You, you unearthed some great stories, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, these are these are these are young men, aren't they? They're in the twenties, mm. um, and they're they're away from home for months on end. Um, so. There's going to be a, a, a bit of hijinks along, along the way. I mean, there's a famous tour of New Zealand in the 80s called the Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll Tour, and the, there's been a couple of others a bit like that as well, to be yeah. honest. That wasn't uh, the 1880s, was it? No, because <laughs> quite a lot of the bad behaviour happens be- before, um, you know, the 1900s, isn't it? You've got some fan- fantastic early stories of uh, all sorts of skullduggery and things going on. Yeah, well, I think uh, the, the key thing was that <clears throat> before the early 60s, they used to go by boat. Yeah. Is there any way to get there? Um, that took a long time. So you'd be on a boat for six weeks with a load of other people and um, there wasn't much uh, cricket going on, there wasn't much training going on. So you spent quite a bit of time in the bar, really, and um, just ha- having a nice time playing deck coits and things like that. Um, so, yeah, the, the whole tempo of touring was different in those days. Yeah. Um, but there was plenty of time for socialising as well. They were longer tours, uh, perhaps less cricket in proportion to the whole mm. trip. So there was there was a... There was a social life to it in those days in a way there isn't now. No. no. You write about the difference as well between gentlemen and players. Oh, they had a wow. very different experience. Kind of two-tier touring system, but for the same players. Not great for team morale. There's well, a couple of yeah, great no, examples of yeah, that. Yeah, the, the Toffs would stay in the posh hotels and the, the professionals would be in the boarding house up the road. So, yeah, quite how I don't know quite what happened to the team talks yeah. at the end of the day. It was, how it did they think tricky. that was right? That was how the world... <coughs> That's how the world operated. I know, but England, it was Britain a different, operated, different world, wasn't it? But mm, I don't but think it did much for team spirit. Then um, there was one in Pakistan as well, wasn't there? The three, uh, the three gentlemen had an air-conditioned coach and a shower, and the the rest were basically in cattle class, covered in sand and, so and dust. Yeah. Dust, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's terrible, isn't it? How do you all go out and then say, "Come on, boys, let's"? How do you get in the huddle after that? I wonder. I don't know. And the the other funny thing is really or ludicrous <coughs> thing was that they'd pick a captain as much for his ambassadorial skills and his, his ability on a social circuit to hold, mm. hold, hold a, a glass of champagne as, it, as he would be uh, picked for his cricket. That, that was, you know, he was a, the, the captain of an England tour overseas was regarded as a diplomat, really, mm. in many ways. You know, it was an ambassadorial role. Uh, some of them couldn't play cricket very well at all. I mean, of the modern day era, Ian Botham had a few lively tours. And would you say mm. David Gow was kind of the last of the posh tourists with that spirit that he took the plane and hijacked it. Yeah, yeah, the Tiger Moth incident. Mm, yeah. yeah, And, of course, Gooch um, was captain of that tour, didn't want to take David on the uh, next trip to India, did he? A couple of years later, quite a controversial decision. That really, one, I think he admits, was wrong mm. in hindsight. But he didn't want somebody who was um, who was gallivanting around in planes, really. Yeah. He, he wanted someone who was prepared to put some yards in in the gym. Now, we didn't have all the different various sort of um, different... Games of cricket that we can have now, the you know the franchise cricket, etc. So people could tour for longer, and a, a you know an eight month tour, three months at sea, did mean you could 
uh, acclimatise and get used to the conditions before you, you started playing uh, the tests. But as Andy was saying, off air, Herbert Sutcliffe, one of the England batsmen, great England batsmen, saying it would take six weeks to get the get used to the Australian conditions. And the light. And the light yeah. and everything. So yeah. you have absolutely no chance now. You rock if you can't get any preparation time. Uh, there's very few matches to to, uh, to warm up. And you're yeah. straight into I, the series. I think the difference now is that uh, these these top level players they go around the world several times uh, in a few years they go they travel more so Joe Root going back to Australia he can probably remember what it was like the last time mm-hmm. so there's a sort of feeling that they can adjust accordingly because yeah. they, they know more about it they they go more often you know the England guys now are in India playing the IPL Ben Stokes if he goes on a test tour of India next winter which is the plan he will be familiar with Indian conditions partly because he's playing in the IPL so. Mm. The, the whole world's got faster and smaller, in yeah, a way. But has it, um, has it, but has the, it got the, to the stage where there's, there should be a bit more preparation oh, time? Yeah. There's just no time to fit yeah. it into the And calendar. the reason there isn't is because they're busy playing yeah. the franchise leagues that earn them the million-pound deals. Yeah. So they don't want to have a warm-up match, really. They want to go and earn some decent cash, and they're prepared to take a risk of being rusty for the first test and just sort of hope they'll catch up. So it's slightly unsatisfactory, really, yeah. isn't it? But. It, that's the way of the modern world, really, sure. in terms of cricket. It was much less professional. There were a lot of tales of that in the book. and It was more like a club tour, really, wasn't it? Just yeah. like, they had a lot of fun. There's no quite, a few, quite a few car crashes. Um, I think it was an England <laughs> captain in the 50s who drove into a lamppost in Adelaide, missed the end of the test because mm. he, um, <clears throat> he was in hospital with mm. sort of gashes to his knees and his head. You know, but, um, These things happen, don't they? I mean, you know, you're not away eight months these days, and I say you because, you know, when the England players go on these tours, you as the cricket writers are there as well. And on the face of it, everybody's saying, oh, what a fantastic gig that is. But, you know, you have families and you have young kids, Mm. and it takes its toll on the players and the people that that work in the backroom team and and the journalists, and everybody has to cover it. And you do write about that as well, the toll, the mental health toll it's taken, and why, you know, we do do see see so many issues in cricket. I mean, we've seen, obviously, recently... Marcus Truscothic, famous case, couldn't mm. just had to stop touring, couldn't, yeah. couldn't cope with it anymore. Jonathan Trott went home early from a tour of Australia, burnt out. Um, quite a few of the players, I mean, Ben Stokes had time out, didn't he, a couple of years ago for, for, for his mental health. Um, so it, it is tough, I think. Um, the tours have changed, they've got short, shorter, but there are more of them. Mm. It's more frantic. And as we were saying, there's fewer sort of gentle matches. It's all high-profile tests, ODIs, T20s, all this stuff. So there's less scope for them to just relax. Really, it's it's, yeah, it's and quite see a the country process. that they're actually in, which is a nice part. Was a nice part of touring. I see that Wayne Larkins from the book. He spent his he was so homesick. He spent his entire fee on phone calls home. Of course, now you could have WhatsApp for free. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, <I> know. <laughs> but that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I know. I mean, some guys couldn't. You know, didn't want a tour. They could, they didn't like it. The problem in the days of the boat journeys was that you couldn't come home. You know, now you could say, "I'm um, can I, you know, can I leave? I'm feeling yeah. unwell," or mm. or there's a family crisis. You know, there's parents die or whatever, something like that. You go home now. In the, in the old days, you couldn't do that. You was it would take you weeks to get home. So, it was you were stuck really. So, yeah. It was um, yeah. Tour, touring was tough in the old days as well as modern times as well. Well, on that first tour, they only took twelve players. You thought that would be enough for a you know an eight month <laughs> trip, wasn't it? <laughs> which meant you had sort of players playing on one leg at the end of it. Yeah. And um, also you had the issue of the fact that one of the players was in prison. Is that right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. The very first, what is now regarded as the first Test tour of Australia, mm. eighteen seventy six. Uh, the wicketkeeper got into a, a fight in New Zealand uh, <laughs> over uh, over an unpaid bet. And um, he he, made, he missed the boat over to Australia to Melbourne for the 
what is now the, regarded as the first test. And um, so they were down to 11 players and another chap who wasn't very well had to be <laughs> press ganged into keeping wicket. Yeah. And eventually, Ted Pooley, the keep, the the, the proper keeper, um, joined the tour a month late. He was, you know, it took him a few weeks to get out of jail, basically. So <laughs> he made Hansi Cronje look like he was having a mild flutter. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was quite amazing. <laughs> it sounds like he did. Yeah, and we just say the the twenties equivalent of David Boone drinking fifty two beers on a <laughs> flight was Percy Chapman in the twenties. Who, but his uh, his thing was oysters, wasn't it? That was uh, they yeah, said, how many he, oysters? Yeah, could how, he how many oysters could you? I think he got through seventeen dozen in a, in a Saturday night. Season. Wow, God. I think fortunately. The, he had the next day off. There was no play on the Sunday, so he had time to recover. <laughs> I mean, out of 17 well. dozen, the chances are you're going to get a rogue one. Right? Yeah, you, would, you would think so. Risky. Yeah. They used to take 12 in the early <clears throat> days or 13 because they, the players shared the money, basically. Mm. they were. It wasn't like a, it, the ECB owned the tour. The players were uh, sort of entrepreneurs, and so the smaller the party, the more gate money from the, all the many matches they'd play, they'd mm. receive. So, so they wanted to keep it small so they'd get more cash, basically. So... That was the that was the reason, and they just made sure they were they stayed fit. For all those that struggle with it, Simon, I would imagine you've spoken to a lot of young single cricketers who have, don't have those responsibilities. I absolutely love these tours. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, I mean, you know, you can talk about the Bothams and the Gows and the Lambs and things, but I think there was Godfrey Evans and Dennis Compton post-war. They they had a lot of fun on tours. I think they uh, they were the party party boys of their generation for sure. I did. I can't remember where I heard it this week that they were talking. One of our people were talking about the fact that even this current tour, current lot, they actually did have a few days off where they sort of had a good drink and had a good time. So decompressed. I think there is still room for a little bit of that. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is, of course, uh, Ben Stokes and Brendan McCollum in this new era that they've introduced. They're trying to inject some fun back into it, aren't they? That's a big part of their philosophy really that they must the players must enjoy it because it had become pretty miserable I think mm-hmm. they were losing a lot and it had become rather a serious business they're, they're in uh, they're determined to get the players feeling happy and they're not being too uptight before they play so there's mm. more golf there's less training uh, and so far it's worked yeah, pretty well yeah, I think, I think so that's a good idea it's quite an interesting sort of rewinding of the clock in many ways You've done 39 of the past 42 test series overseas. Have you got a favourite? Is the one you look back on fondly? What a tour. Hmm. Yeah, well, um, any tour of the West Indies is great because, um, you know, any place where you can have a rum punch and watch the sun go down at the end of the day (laughs) is great. But I'd say the Pakistan tour this winter, just gone before Christmas, was obviously sensational. Just the very fact England could win those three games. And to be back there. That was was sensational. Mm. uh, England winning under Strauss in Australia because it's so rare. Again, 2010, that was a, a, a magical tour, really. Uh, and do you so. get a vibe from a tour? Do you get a vibe from, from the management, from the setup, from the players? Do you kind of sense sometimes as journalists, you know, they're, they're in a good place, this is going to be yeah. a good tour? Yeah, and whether they fancy their chances of winning, yeah. I mean, you, mm. can, you can get that mm. feeling quite early on, I think, whether they really feel they've got a chance. I mean, some of the Australia tours, unfortunately, they, they start badly and you know it's not going to improve. Yeah. <laughs> mm. That can happen as well. Um, and you do sense on some but, of those tours in recent years that the guys don't want to be there, and in fact they they choose to retire. It is interesting. The tour. I, I think a lot of it's governed by results. When they're winning, then if they have a few drinks, then everybody says, "Oh, well, that's a laugh, that's fun." Yeah. And then there were tours where they, they were caught having a few drinks, but they'd lost badly, know, and then and everybody then, was incredibly the, critical. Yeah, they criti- criticised obviously. Yeah, yeah. it's just it's the nature of things, isn't it? But, but it can't be made any easier, really. I mean, it is what it is, isn't it? I mean, they say they're doing everything they can to to make it easier on the cricketers with yeah. a workload they have but I, I mean, much you can the, do. The, the, the fact is that a uh, uh, cricket tour you're, you're playing mm. in alien conditions it's not you know English conditions England normally win yeah they know how to play here go to India it's different different Australia these these places the pitches are different 
the bounce of the ball is different, all this sort of stuff, the ball they use is different. So England do not win often overseas. That's just a yeah. fact, and it's the same for the other teams coming here. It's just the nature of the sport, really. How are you feeling about the Ashes? Uh, it's interesting, Ollie Robinson, we were talking about this last week, that he thinks uh, we could give him a bit of a shewing, uh, which is oh, a bit yeah, Glen, yeah, yeah. Glen McGrath country, of course. I'd rather he didn't. Yeah. 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 Sounding <laughs> quite so confident. But, yeah. uh, That's why I'm to pin up on the heels of the dressing room wall, isn't it? <clears throat> oh, I mean, clearly, I'm like everyone else, I'm very excited about it. I think um, England have got a, a, a good chance, but... Australia are decent. They've got a decent bowling attack, so it's it's going to be a humdinger. I think it's, it's yeah. going to be sensational. I just hope we can keep everybody fit uh, and have have a good pool of players to choose yeah, from. Yeah, we need Archer, Wood, these sort of guys. Yeah, we do need them. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting that both of them saying they don't expect to play five tests. No, imagine Fred Trent. <laughs> yeah, <we should laughs> so change so much. It's well, amazing. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, the five tests are probably played in six weeks, seven weeks. Yeah, no, yeah. no, so, I understand so it. So compressed. Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, but yeah. Because we've got two of those really fast guys, and also uh, Ollie Stone, they, they don't they don't need to really. I think we can we can mix and match a bit. Yeah, and you you, you obviously must be fun to report on the England team at the moment under McCullum oh, yeah. and uh, and Stokes mm. and the style of the cricket they're playing. I mean, they're defying all the all the logic of what captains and and uh, managers are supposed to do, coaches are supposed to do. Yeah, absolutely. They've, they've torn, torn torn up the torn up the rule, but really, and um, it's, it's been fun almost every day. Even when they lost in New Zealand, it was one run, and it was exciting. Yeah. So um, yeah, no, the test will come. You know, if they get hammered in, you know, in a game. Well, they have been. Well, we've had we was we had one of the games against New Zealand when we got stuffed, didn't we? I mean, I mean, we've we've had a we've had one. There was one game where we thought, oh, okay, that's mm. when that's when baseball goes bad. But but you know, they mm. they stuck with it, didn't they? I mean, yeah. no, they I mean, should we stick was, with it. The, it's to lose five nil to Australia, there might be a bit more soul searching. But um, you don't mm. sense that's going to happen. No, 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 I, I, no, I think it'll be a great series. Yeah. Definitely. Fingers crossed. Mm. Well, Simon, best of luck with the book. Thank you. Thank you very much for popping in to see us. It's uh, it's called The Tour, uh, the story of England cricket teams overseas, 1877 to uh, 2023. And uh, it's available. It's published by Simon and & Schuster, and it's out in our back now. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We'll do it all again tomorrow uh, with Charlie Baker. But Andy, of course, will be here for the birthday spread. Do hope you can join us for one, if not, podcast available at four. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.